Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. Uh, not too much has changed between this episode and the last. Uh, food Corner update, though. I did get some Subway. I hit up the Nubway. Um, I got an Italian BMT. Foot long. You know how it be. Um, pepper Jack cheese. Uh, what else did we get on the sub? I actually did a little different. I told him to just do a little bit of everything. Uh, I don't hit up Subway that often. I'm like, just give me all the fixings, please. Uh, what else did I get on there? I got some sweet onion, uh, teriyaki sauce, some mayo, and the vinaigrette. So I was pretty stoked about it. It was a good sandwich. Got a couple of cookies, which I got to say, there's just something about a Subway cookie that hits. Like, you could make that exact cookie at home and it would be so shitty. But if you got that from Subway, it was fire. I don't know why that is, but it is. Also got some chips and a drink. Uh, so that's a food corner. Uh, I got a lot of news today, uh, but we'll see how this goes. I mean, I might shoot through some of it faster than others, but uh try to jam pack for y'all here. So for starters, sports news, USA Today, Tom Brady changes mind on retirement. We'll return to Buccaneers to play 23rd NFL season. So I initially, I remember when I first covered this, the Monday after, I thought that, uh, he was going to make a comeback because one of my coworkers told me, like, oh, no, he's not retiring. And I was like, oh, shit, oh, no. But it turned out he um, stuck to the script and he was going to be retired. So I was like, all right, cool, no worries. But then it turns out now that, that there was some truth to that. Like, he really wasn't necessarily feeling it. Um, he did some more thinking about it and was like, hey, I'm going to come back. Uh, let's see. I think he actually, yeah, he has a quote here. Uh, these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it is not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back to I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business. LFG. Uh, <laughs> LFG means let's fucking go. Uh, I guess that's Tom Brady energy as well. Um, so yeah, good luck, man. Uh, hopefully it is everything you want it to be. I always worry about these kind of things, like, kind of like when Jordan came back and without the Wizards, like, that shit didn't hit the same, we all kind of knew. Um, but I mean, granted, when he was at, when he, you know, he was last at the Buccaneers, they did well, you know, the year before that, I believe they even got the Super Bowl, right? So I mean, they're cranking, I'm sure they're gonna be fine. Let's see, get that notification out of there. Uh, and other news, I got this from ABC7. Uh, this is an uh, update on the Jesse Smollett situation. Uh, double jeopardy? Question mark. Uh, Jesse Smollett's attorney, attorneys appeal Empire Actor sentencing. Uh, Jesse Smollett refused to eat, only drink water while in protective custody, attorney says. Uh, so essentially, long story short, uh, Jesse's free. <laughs> he flipped the script. Uh, some things happened, like you said, while he was in um, his you know, custody, uh, he said he had already received threats that he was going to be, like, beat up, assaulted in prison, uh, he was refusing to eat, it was, like, really becoming, like, a mental health issue, uh, so essentially there was, like, an immediate appeal, which usually takes, like, weeks or months, uh, but they immediately saw it, and they ru- they ruled two to one in favor of an appeal for him to be released, so he was, and so it is. Um, 
in my mind, I kind of feel like, I mean, hey, and I'm, I'm just being straight up here. This is just me being as honest and candid as possible with you. This is a black man being freed from a situation that, that really, like, it's one of those things where I was fine with the sentencing in terms of, like, you completely lied. You were lying. By law, this makes sense that you're going to go to jail for that. Like, that's, you know, that's just the, the breaks. But in the situation is, you know, we all know how privilege works when you're a famous person. <laughs> we all know that that status can kind of get you up and out. And, I mean, in, in throughout this case, it was kind of very apparent anyway. Like, initially, it was supposed to be like, hey, you're going to do community service and you're going to pay the this expensive bond or whatever, and it's going to be a done deal. Problem solved. Um, and he did those things. So, you know, to see him get the five months or the 150 days, pretty much 75 days probably with good behavior, I think people were kind of surprised and shocked. And, you know, they, they, they voiced their concerns. So, I mean, it all kind of culminated. Um, also, too, it's, it's not probably over. There's going to be maybe even more appeals to the appeals. But I think from here, it's probably safe to say that he's probably not going to do any jail time. Um, so, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I do think it's definitely fucked up to make a fake hate crime. Um, I um, actually recently did a Patreon subscription to Truanon, so I got more episodes. And they actually like did a deep dive on Jesse Smollett's like, case situation, the whole thing. And... Um, just hearing this even more details is like, wow, it was just crazy just how he got his two, you know, sec- not security, um, his two entourage friends from Empire. Like, they were extras on the show. And essentially, he's like, hey, you know, you guys just, like, beat me up and pour bleach on me. Like, yeah, this will totally work. And uh, it didn't work. <laughs> also, um, something I learned from the the episode he too was also on a subway run that night when he was accosted on this quote-unquote hate crime so um it is something though i do feel like the fallout though that really sucks is that this potentially waters down like hate crime things like you know like i said earlier in another episode it's been 200 years uh or it's been like over 100 years since we were able to get a actual lynching law put into place um and then you have this juxtaposed in the same year where there's someone lying about a hate crime where someone was like putting a noose around his neck so it's just one of those things where it's like i'm very certain that people on the right side of things or what have you go oh you know this is this is just another example of of you know people doing misinformation or whatever like fake news and they're not actually this isn't actually a thing racism is totally fake <laughs> i don't know they'd be stretching this shit's wild um but you know hey like i said before in the middle of this at the end of the day a black man using his you know social privilege to get out of a situation i get it i get it i get it <laughs> um no one wants to do jail time. That's just a period, point blank thing. Whether you're good, bad, evil, otherwise. Um, so yeah, that is what that is, right? Uh, in other news, this is a uh, local Ohio teens. Got this from Ten WBNS. Uh, Dewine signs bill removing concealed gun training permits. Um, the measure dubbed constitutional carry by its backers is one of the is one of several GOP back proposals in recent years to yeah, <laughs> in recent years seeking to expand gun rights in Ohio. 
So essentially, DeWine is set to sign a bill, or he already did. This came out the fourteenth uh, of March, but essentially, it is n- making it so you don't have to have a concealed carry uh, permit, and that also you don't have to promptly notify police officers that you are carrying a concealed weapon. That last part is really eerie to me, just because as a black man, I always fear and worry. Like one, it's already scary to um, potentially drive around carrying a gun, whether you have that permit or you're doing it illegally. But then you get into a situation where you're pulled over, and the next thing you know, because you have a gun, a cop is instantly on more alert and does something wild. You never know. These are things I fucking think about and I worry about. And so I also worry about it for just the state, you know, the country, what have you. Um, I did take the time to kind of ask a couple of my friends who are, you know, gun guys, gun aficionados, if you will, um, what their take was on it. They more or less said that they were cool with it. They thought it was a good thing, but they did kind of have the same kind of worries, apprehensions that like, hey, there are, you know, less affluent people who are going to be potentially railroaded by this kind of situation. And also there's people who have no training, no idea how to handle a gun and they're not going to get the necessary training that you're, you would get in the process of getting a permit, you know? So there's a little bit of a question mark worry there. But um, I think everyone, I think especially in, in the state, has the idea just like, hey, you know, we, we don't want our rights infringed upon here. Like, this is our Second Amendment. You know, we want to be able to carry arms, bear arms. So I do get it. I do understand. Also, um, it's noted in this article, uh... I think what is it like the yeah the Buckeye Firearms Association said twenty one other states allow people to carry a concealed firearm. Um, there are also other groups, kind of like I had said, uh, the, the Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense, as well as law enforcement. That lack of training is just it's spooky. That's a weird bad part potentially in this. Uh, so time will definitely tell whether or not this is going to be a good or a bad thing. So you know we'll see. We'll keep posted. Um, speaking of shootings, though, I, I shouldn't laugh. That's bad. Uh, but, um, there was a shooting at, uh, South by Southwest that injured four. Um, let's see here. Now, South by Southwest takes place in Austin, Texas. Big event, big music kind of festival. Um, actually, a podcast I listened to, um... Chapo Chop House, they actually did a live performance there, which is pretty cool. But um, there was a shooting early Sunday morning. Uh, four people were shot. I believe, though, no one was killed. So that's a good thing. Um, also, there is an article I'm missing here. I just realized, you know, technical difficulties, they happen. But let's see here. There was a shooting, uh, several shootings that took place. Um, hold on. Give me a second here. Sorry. Okie dokie. Looks like I found it. And I'm also going to take a smoke break because these, <laughs> these technical difficulties are stressing me out this Sunday. This Sunday, guys. Sorry. Bear with me. Excuse me, part of my dust. Um, let's see. I got this from the Daily Beast. Um, let's see. The title is "How Cops Hunted Down an Accused Homeless Serial Killer." 
An affidavit filed Tuesday lays out cops' frantic search for Gerald Brevard III, who allegedly attacked a series of homeless men, killing two in New York City and Washington, D.C. So it takes place in like two different areas. Um, essentially, a man was going around shooting, I believe also stabbing as well, um, homeless men. Um, it was seemingly at random, but through tips, they were able to find um, who he was and, like, you know, more or less also cross-reference, like, where he was, like, located. And I don't believe they have a weapon, but he went through and did, like, a signature-style thing with the weapon. And this is, you know, obviously allegedly. allegedly. But um, the casings were stamped with a C. Now, I don't know what that C stands for, but, you know, they were found at multiple locations. So, I mean, all these kind of things just wind up implicating him. There was a manhunt for with a $70,000 reward for his capture. Um, also, there. let's see if I can find it here. But one of his Instagram things that he had said was, it was like feeling devilish, feeling godly. And it was creepy. That's so cringy. Like, and it's one of those things where, hey, I get it. I I love shit posting. I love being an edge poster, whatever you want to call it. But like, it's so crazy that someone like this really was being serious in terms of like, I'm gonna be like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what the ethos, the 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 mental gymnastics you have to do to get yourself here, where you're literally saying like, I'm gonna prowl the streets and I'm going to kill homeless people like like i don't understand the logic like like you're cleaning up the streets like that's not the batman my guy like even he isn't doing that and that's a fucking fictional character dude like i don't i don't get it i don't understand but yeah like this man was running around with like i think a 22 just just shooting people and fuck that guy fuck that shit um luckily out of the people who were I don't want to say luckily, but, you know, there was only two people who were actually killed in this. Um, I think it's kind of why when I've heard the story, the word serial killer hasn't been used as much. But at the same time, it's one of those things where he had intent to kill. Um, so, yeah, really nasty shit. Um, don't want to talk about that, though. There was also another situation that happened in Texas. Uh, I got this from CNN. A 13-year-old was behind the wheel in Texas crash that killed nine people and left two University of Southwest Southwest golfers critically injured. Um, so the situation that happened, um, there was a 13-year-old who was behind the wheel of a pickup truck. And in the process of driving, they were, I think the pickup truck was on a spare tire. The spare tire fa- failed. And the child he drove, like, he kind of, like, just couldn't correct properly and drove head-on into another truck. Uh, or into another, I guess, the bus that was carrying the team. The golf team. I'm sorry. So, let's see here. They don't list the name of the child in here, but the father's name was Henrik Siemens. Or Simmons. Uh, he was 38 years old. Um... Essentially, there is a driving education course that kind of can start at 14, 
but like you have to be 15 years old to apply for your learner's license to even be able to get behind the wheel and like do all that kind of shit. So like obviously this was like not above board. This was bad shit. Also, I didn't bring up the article in today's podcast episode, but um apparently like this kid has had like pe- they did some digging, the internet's done some digging. Uh, but apparently, like, this kid has had some mental issues or family issues. Something has happened before. Like, he burnt down his home and, like, you know, that set the family back. That was some stuff that's kind of come to light. But, um, in this article, like I said, they didn't mention the child's name. But, unfortunately, the, um, the crash did, you know, lead to, you know, a lot of loss of life. The, the teenager died. The father died. Um, as well as, uh, I believe, was it seven others as well? Um, so, and then I believe two were injured. So it was just really bad situation. Um, I'm trying to think here. I think it does have the names in this article. Um, yeah, here we go. Um, let's see, there is... Marucio Sanchez, 19, of Mexico. Uh, Travis Garcia, 19, of Pleasanton, Texas. Uh, Jackson Zinn, 22, of Westminster, Colorado. Carissa Rains, 21, of Fort Stockton, Texas. And Tiago Souza, uh, 18, of Portugal. Uh, also, there was the coach, Tyler James, who is 26. Um, and they have a lot of condolences on the page just talking about them. Uh, so it's definitely, it's it's a sad situation. Um, but um, you know, our thoughts and our, our prayers go out to the families, um, you know, the people involved. Um, man, gosh. It is definitely a bummer, um, and obviously, you know, when it comes down to that situation with the, you know, the teenager driving, that's not a good thing, you know, uh, but it's just one of those things, too, where there's nothing you can really do in, in this, but, um, yeah. I got some more news. This is uh, definitely not something I'm going to hit too hard, though. I just wanted to kind of cover. It's kind of been popping up. Uh, USA Today. Uh, Fed raises interest rates for first time in three years to fight inflation. Uh, forecast six more hikes in 2022. So obviously that's fucking gross. I'm not stoked about that. Um, also too, it's money shit. It's number shit, which is like something that's way out of my fucking depth. Like I, <laughs> like they they go through the rigmarole here of explaining it. That's why I, I like to try to loosely at least attribute these things so that you can kind of look it up, see it yourself. Um, also, I've heard a couple of podcasts explain how inflation works. Um, I guess my layman's term explanation, while I'm mildly tipsy, is um, you know as inflation goes up, you know we're able to get more money and all these kind of things and have more money to spend. The economy's quote unquote good, um, but then naturally on the other side of it, things go up. So that's why like the price of things have been going up as well as there's, there's obviously tons of other factors like COVID's been a factor, the supply chain. Also, they also mentioned here the Ukraine-Russia situation is a huge um, 
thing that people did not expect to have happen. So that's causing a lot of chain reactions, a lot of inflation. So all this kind of comes up. How do we fight that inflation? Well, apparently the Fed raises interest, which is like, what? That doesn't sound great because it isn't great. It sucks ass. Um, I've heard... Uh, what is it? The Daily also has a podcast episode where they kind of explain how in the 70s they instituted this. The guy who came over to take over for the Fed during the Jimmy Carter administration. Um, it was really shitty, but more or less how he explained it is like, hey, we're going to raise up the inflation or raise up the interest to fight this inflation. And by doing so, um, people aren't going to spend as much. And then the price of things are going to go down. Um, naturally though, if you do it too much, if it goes too hard, then a recession can happen and that's bad. So that's why these hikes are happening in a strategic way. Um, I think it says not only is it going to happen throughout this year, it's going to probably go into next year. So these kind of things can suck when you're trying to have a credit card, get a credit card, get a new car, get a home, um, it means your interest is going to be higher and it's going to be more money that you're going to have to pay over time. And that sucks. Um, so yeah, that's more or less economy by Zaya. There you go. <laughs> that's like the long short. Um, this is already making my blood boil and my head hurt. So I'm not going to stay too long on this. Um, also if I got anything wrong there, or if you're like an economist and know more about this, feel free to hit my DMs up, or if you want to, like, come on the podcast, I would love to have you, because explaining these things to people is really helpful, because I feel like a lot of times we all do the layman's thing of just, like, oh, let's just blame the president. Like, it's his fault. It's their administration's fault. Sometimes that's the case, but in the situation that, like I said with the guy from the 70s, like, he knew full well that people were going to hate it and they were going to hate the administration for it, but it's going to help the economy in the long run. And it did. So, you know, it'd just be nice to explain these things in a way that so people can get it, you know, and also to maybe even help point the finger at why these things happened beyond quote unquote supply chain, beyond quote unquote COVID or the war. Cause there are other things at play for sure. Um, speaking of more shit, I got this from fortune uh, leading ferry operator sacked its entire crew over Zoom and had handcuffed trained balaclava wearing security guards ready to usher on cheaper replacements. So boo this company, P&O, um, leading UK ferry operator. So essentially they are helping get people and maybe even potentially stuff from point A to point B. I'm not 100% sure there. Um, but... They sacked 800 people over a Zoom call. They told everyone <clears throat> who was on on duty, whatever, like, hey, we got a major announcement. Get to port. You know. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. You know, get to port. We got some news. And um, this is the news. You're fired. Um, and immediately, like, labor unions in the UK were like, hey, hold up. Don't get off the boat. Like, we can actually maybe even try to negotiate here, do something, protest, because this is fucked up. And uh, they were already prepared for that. And they said, we got people on dock ready for y'all. And they're masked up and they're ready to take y'all out. And um, I don't believe, I believe that they did wind up getting everybody off. Um, This did wind up 
making for delays. I heard from like the BBC podcast I listened to that there are people who are like, oh shit, I got a notification saying, hey, I can't use this ferry now. Um, this is really jamming me up. I invested my money into this because it's kind of like probably like any kind of airfare experience or any kind of like Greyhound experience. Like the people using this are not like really wealthy, affluent people. Um, you know, they're not well off. Like they put their money in and now they're saying, oh, this, this is null and void ticket. Like you're probably not even going to be able to get a quick refund or whatever. And you've got to get to where you need to go. Um, so, I mean, they're jammed up. Um, I guess that's, that's probably part of the reason why this company is trying to sit there and say like, hey, <clears throat> we didn't make money um, over the past few years or at least over last year. I think they said they had a 100 pound, 100 million pound loss, which in U.S. dollars is 131 million. Uh, that was over the year loss. And they're like, hey, we got to make sure these ferries run on time and we got to do it for less. So they hired in a cheaper company to do the job and laid off a bunch of people. Um, And that's really fucking shitty. We've covered that before with the whole Vishal Garg situation and his company. Um, This was even I feel like this is like worse, even though it was 100 people less. I mean, like they had armed people just ready to throw you off the, the, the literal job you were doing. Like, what the fuck? This nasty shit. Um, so once again, boo this company, P&O, fuck that, um, keep it posted if anything else comes up from that, if I hear it, um, last article though, a little bit of good news, a little bit of shining light in your day, hopefully here, I like to give y'all that, you know that, actually, you know what, I wanna, I wanna feel as good as possible giving this news, so we're gonna give you another, we're gonna give you another smirk break. Oh, yeah. Oh, Nelly. But, yeah, uh, we've been covering the uh, James Webb Telescope. Um, I got this from The Hill. But um, they got their first test footage um, to us. We got to see it. And actually, like I said, this isn't even like their official like goal. But they were able to get a photo of a star with other stars and galaxies. And as I'm looking at this picture right now, you can really see the difference, actually. Like, it's wild. And they were just able to get this shot. And this isn't even like them doing the full thing, you know? So, um, yes, it's like this shot, and I actually have it in the, um, the description of the episode if you get a chance to see that, uh, but the shot was taken during a critical alignment phase and shows a bright star with dozens of other stars and galaxies behind it, um, and it's a test shot and not even official observation footage, so it's fucking dope, um, I love space, it's scary and it's awesome, and I think it's a good place to leave us. Um, that's the episode. Thanks for sticking around. If you have, you're the best around and nothing's going to ever keep you down. Um, and if you'd like to pick me up, I have a Patreon that's Isaiah news, but patreon.com slash Isaiah news. If you would like to donate, become a newsie, get access to the discord. That would be great. You'd be awesome. Um, Isaiah news one is the Gmail 
if you want to hit me up on there. Um, you know all the other socials by now. I don't have to shill too hard today. I'm not going to do all that. Um, but thanks for stopping by. And I hope your week is awesome and magical and great. Um, and I hope I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.